This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You can honestly buy anything, but you cannot buy any more time. And so that is why it's so worth the investment, you know, to fuel your body and to take care of yourself so that not only just that you you live longer, but like you live healthier longer. Like I used to cry about it all the time when I first started Blender Moms. I would just cry out of joy because I'd come from such a low place of crying every day during lunch because I thought it was my forever. And then when I realized like, oh my God, this, I actually have a purpose. Like, guys welcome back to the podcast happy wednesday um how are we i wish you could talk back to me because i'm just talking to myself i kind of have a love hate with the talking <laughs> on the intros because i feel like i'm just talking to the abyss but i wanted to share because this podcast is all about sharing um what's been going on with me and my life and what i'm working on and well i've talked about this on my instagram i love just going a little bit more in depth on here but I started therapy this year and, or I guess technically this past year, and I always was like kind of interested in it, but I never thought I really needed it or just wasn't, you know, it didn't feel aligned for me at the time. I thought it would be nice. I did other things that were forms of therapy for me. That was movement and meditation, all the stuff. But I was like, meh, let's try something new. Um, so I started therapy. And for me, I realized through that, uh, with this past year being so insane, and me going from being on tour and being single and dancing and doing all the things that I loved, the single part, not so much, but um, doing all of that. And then all of a sudden being in quarantine and not able to dance and kind of at a stalemate with my career and the trajectory that I was going on because I was doing really well finally because dance can be hard and it's a lot of auditions. It could be a lot of ups and downs. I realized through therapy that I felt really good in my relationship and that part of my life, I managed to pull that together. But I just felt like I was so off balance with my career just because of all of the situations that happened. And I was wanting to find that balance. But through that, I realized that I was going through this kind of mourning period without having dance and without having this creative outlet outlet. And just missing that part of my life. So I've been working now since then, since I realized what was going on, to kind of find the balance to take that time to really mourn it like it as if it was a death because that industry is not happening. I can find it in other ways, but I needed to really refocus my energy and my work and what I was doing to something that was flowing and that I could be doing right now. So hence is why. I started diving more into my podcast. I started trying to be more open on Instagram and social media and sharing more with my audience because I love doing that and I love sharing what I have. I felt like I was given this platform for somewhat of a reason and a purpose and I wanted to use that for good, but I didn't really know how. So I've been working constantly and trying to like really figure that out. And a piece of that, I've realized I really wanted to focus on the business side of things. And I think this episode today that we have with Helen is really going to help a lot of people on that. I feel like because I've constantly just been a freelance worker, I didn't, I never really worked a nine to five. I did went college and things like that, but like career wise, nine to five just didn't make sense with dancing and doing side gigs and modeling and all that stuff. It just didn't have, it just didn't make sense in that nine to five type of work environment. 
that can be that can be a really good thing or it can be really bad because sometimes you in a nine to five it's more stability and if you're in the right job that you like that can be incredible but for me I've always kind of just been bouncing around and trying my best to get work and make do and find projects that light me up and try to build some consistency in my life and and that has worked but I think for me now I've realized I want to create something that is has longevity and that has is grounded and for me that meant having to get really serious on the business side of things. I'm so good at being creative and just producing and making fun photos and doing all that stuff but to really ground myself and get uncomfortable in focusing on the business aspect of things and really taking that seriously and really acknowledging myself as a business and an entrepreneur and letting myself be in that without being uncomfortable because sometimes we can have this imposter syndrome about oh I'm not a business person because I do stuff on Instagram or I have a podcast like no that's not true I do it's just a matter of changing your mindset around it so all that to say what I've been working on lately is really getting clear on what I knowledge I need to know about business, creating a business plan for myself, meaning making a mission statement and goals. And that means one-year goals, three-year goals, all of those things. And it's actually kind of fun. It's giving me, it's giving me that groundedness, that's those guidelines and something that I can follow and it helps me to see a future for the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm creating and the stuff that I'm producing. So I'm sharing that just in case anyone else out there is trying to go off on their own in their own business or doing a side hustle or has an idea that they're maybe have a little fear around taking it into something bigger, anything like that. If that's you, hopefully that resonates with you. Um, but this one has a lot of good stuff in it. Helen Hall is the CEO and founder of Blender Bombs, which are these amazing little adorable ma- macronutrient balls that you pop into a blender and you can make smoothies out of them. I'll let her tell you more about that, but she's really incredible. She's currently on tour bringing her product to all different places around the US. So she is an incredible woman. She has started from the ground up and has created this incredible product and is now working to grow it into all these different facets and help people with healthy lifestyles and changing their diets and just building a life of what she calls the 80-20 rule and just finding balance. So this one has a lot of good stuff if you are into health, wellness, if you are into business, entrepreneurship, definitely listen to this episode, share it with someone that needs to hear it to help me grow, to help people to get Helen's message and to just share some light and love in this world. So um, if you could as well, give us those five stars because it helps me to continue growing this podcast and getting it to people that need to hear it. Thanks guys. Here's Helen. All right, Helen, let's just jump into chatting since we're already doing it. (laughs) Can you just tell everyone who you are, what you do, and what you're all about? Yeah. So my name is Helen. I am 27 years old living in Charleston, South Carolina, but I'm not there right now. And I have a company called Blender Bombs, which I started almost four years ago. And we have a smoothie bar and a food truck plant-based in Charleston. That's called Hustle. And then I have a little online marketplace, like a health conscious marketplace with some of my friends. And that is called 8020 Market. And last but not least, we are launching a organic wine spritzer in April of this year. Oh my God. Called Tipsy Spritzers. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. 
You know, it's been the hardest business. I like it. It, It's beautiful packaging. It's we've got our first production at the end of March and uh, one. Oh, Oh. my phone dropped. (laughs) But yeah, our production's at the end of March and hopefully the first production goes well. If it doesn't, I'll be mad because we've been working on it for so long. I was yeah reading about that. Is it hard to get like distributors for wine? Is it a little bit more difficult than food? So I got really lucky because of the relationships that I had formed with Blender Bombs and like the reputation in the food and beverage industry that we've built from Blender Bombs. It was very easy for me to land a distributor. And so my business partner, Katie and Tipsy Spritzers, she is like a shark. So it we're a good yin and yang. Like I'm very relationship fo- focused and that sort of thing. And she is like, she's the one who makes it happen. Like I get us from A to B and she gets us from B to Z. B to Z. <laughs> she does a lot of stuff. If you know what I'm saying. That's awesome. Yeah, B to Z. Um, can you walk me back? Because I always am interested to know like where everyone started. Because it's also it's fun to see like the product and how far you've come and all the, the amazing things that you're doing. But I always love to go like back to day one when you when this was just an idea. How did this idea become what it is now? Um, like we were talking about before, I went to the University of South Carolina. Go Cox. Didn't learn a thing. <laughs> I was a fashion major, but you know, fashion at South Carolina doesn't mean anything. It was like Patagonia, really, no offense. What and like. I mean, it was just oversized t-shirts and shorts yeah. and that was fashion. Yeah. But, you know, now I see parts, I see Charleston as very fashionable. Mm-hmm. Not really. Not when you compare it to like New York or LA. It really is. People just want to be comfortable because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so fashion kind of takes a little back burner. <laughs> anyway, so fashion was like my passion. I loved it. I was going to do something with it. Probably something creative where I like started my own line, something like that. Um, before that, when I was in high school, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to Riverwood High School and, um, again, was super interested in fashion and sports. Those were like my things. Hmm. But I didn't grow up, you know, super wealthy or anything. I grew up comfortable, but I always had to work. Like, I always had a job. And so, to me, I was used to working. And whenever something was broken around the house, like, my dad would teach me how to fix it. Hmm. So, I was very handy. Like, I just told you, I had to pull over on the side of the road. <laughs> And bootstrap something on the top of the RV and like whip out my handyman gloves. And I carry his toolkit with me everywhere I go to jump the car yesterday. Just like, I love being handy. So awesome. I like that my parents didn't hand everything to me. I think that I'm telling you guys this because when I tell you the story of how Blender Bomb started, the only way I was able to get through what I got through was because I didn't grow up having everything handed to me. Mm-hmm. Like I had to teach myself everything. And so with blender bombs, it started in college. I gained like 30 pounds. I was trying to figure out how to lose the weight and I would lose it, gain it, lose it, gain it. I tried every fad diet, keto, vegan, paleo, you know, the grapefruit diet, Mm -hmm. the military diet, every toxic diet out there I tried. And, but through that, I would learn more about nutrition and what everything had in common was eat mostly plants. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I went completely vegan, I didn't love it. I don't know if I just didn't do it the right way, but it was very restrictive for me, especially because I traveled a lot for work Mm -hmm. and was entertaining clients constantly. And so that's when I settled on this 80-20 plant-based lifestyle where 80% of what I eat throughout the week is plant-based and whole food plant-based, not like junk food plant-based. And then 20% can be whatever else I want it to be. And you know, I naturally am vegetarian just by choice, but I do eat some cheese. And so I'm and a lot of bread. Mm. Like I love bread and <laughs> sweets. <laughs> yes. So uh, to lose the weight, I started having a smoothie in the morning. And from a doctor, I went and talked to him for a little bit. I started adding chia seeds, hemp seed, flax seed, walnut, pecan, date, almonds. 
um, bee pollen. I added all those ingredients to my smoothie because he said it would keep me full and it would give me every essential amino acid and fatty acid that I needed and help, you know, regulate your blood sugar from that smoothie. So I noticed immediately after a week of having that smoothie that my binge eating and cravings for chocolate went away. That's because I was adding cacao powder and banana to my smoothie, which naturally it tastes like a chocolate milkshake, right? Mm -hmm. So I start, I keep doing that for like a year or two. Like I'm in my routine of eating 80, 20 plant-based and having a blender box smoothie five days a week. And I became a personal trainer because I had fallen in love with how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the food freedom that I experienced that I never had through college. And I saw a lot of my friends, even after college struggling with, you know, weight loss or cravings or binge eating. And then, um, I just, I wanted to help. So I started training clients and they couldn't get any, they couldn't like handle their cravings either. And I gave them the smoothie recipe and they wouldn't do it mm. because it took too long. So I was like, fine, okay. I'm going to put all these ingredients and roll them into a ball, give you the ball as part of your training package. I couldn't even charge them for the balls at first, mm -hmm. the bombs. And then they started, I started getting so many testimonials about the smoothies and how full they kept up and how, you know, they were hung or full for like four or five hours that their wife started stealing the balls. Mm. And then I started getting Instagram messages from random people asking for them. And so my friend Kate was like, oh, you got to shop at a Shopify website. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> so I set up a Shopify website and I just kept getting orders. Every time I would post something on my Instagram, like a testimonial, just a screenshot, mm. I would get orders and it kept growing like that. So for the first year, I... I did blender bombs all by myself. There was a mentorship program that every city has called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Mm. And you'll be assigned a mentor and I'll teach you like the little things that you need to know. So insurance and LLCs and, you know, getting set up with ADP for payroll and, you know, stuff that you do not learn in college and you definitely don't learn as a fashion major. Yeah. So <laughs> his name was Mel. I mean, and that's kind of how it started, but I had to figure everything out. I had to ask everyone hundred different questions to get, to get through that first year by myself. Wow. And within the first year, we were doing like over a million dollars in sales. After it the was, first year. And I was by myself. Yes. Wow. All of you, you were, it so you were making the product, up. you were selling the product. It was, you were distributing the product. That was all you. And then you got it to a million dollars in sales in one year. I mean, for the first three months, I was making everything myself. And I mean, 24, like probably 17 hours a day. Wow. I was up at the crack of dawn, running to Costco three times a week, making the balls, shipping the balls. And I hired my massage therapist to come help me hourly at like seven in the morning because she's the only person I knew who would get up that early. Yeah. And um, now she's my business partner in the smoothie bar. But then after that, I was like, I can't, I can't grow anymore. Like I'll have to keep marking things out of stock unless I get someone else to make this stuff. So then I called a local catering company hmm. and I started paying them to make the blender bombs. And so I was with them for the first week, teaching them how to do it. And I priced everything out. And um, I started paying them per pack that they made. Because before these were just in craft bags. Mm. And then after three months of that, I was like, dude, we can't keep up with this. Like, this is not how we're going to scale. Like, I can't just keep hiring retired, retired grandmas <laughs> to help my to help make blender bombs. And they were awesome for the time being. Yeah. And I still use her for like recipe development and stuff. But so then I had to call, call co-packers, which what, how did I know what a co-packer was? I had no clue. I knew, I knew someone who knew someone who had a nutrition bar company mm -hmm. and I called him like 12 times and he wouldn't return my call, mm -hmm. but that was, he was the only person I knew. And so I called him back again and I was like, Hey, you got to talk to me. I need your help. And he told me you got to get a co-packer with a VMAG machine. So I looked that up and the first co-packer I called is the co-packer we still use today. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, there's so much 
in that. It's amazing to hear that story. Basically, you had the idea, yes, but it kind of just took off on its own. So it was like had a mind of its own. And then you kind of had to like play catch up in order to produce this insane industry that you've now created. Um, And it sounds like you literally learned as you went, which is I did here. I don't even like remember it. I mean, I remember it kind of, but I really don't remember it. Sometimes I just wish it had been documented so that I knew what was going on. Funny because it, I didn't ever have a problem selling the blender bombs, mm-hmm. which I'm very lucky for because the product works. Like it's scientifically designed. It sells itself. There was, there's nothing like it on the market and it really does work. Like that's why it grew mm-hmm. is because we had a 70% customer retention rate for the first like mm-hmm the first three years. And then people start buying from Whole Foods and stuff. But our e-commerce store, when we were only e-commerce, we had a 70% mm-hmm. customer retention rate, which industry okay. average is like 12, 12 to 20 or something like that. Yeah. Do you think, is it because people were seeing results very quickly from it? Or is it just like the flavor of it? Like what was it about the product that they were coming back for it so much? I think people just feel good when they eat it and really digestion, mm-hmm. like it helps a lot with your digestion. And so- it also helps with cravings. Like it just helps with so many different things. It's easy. It's affordable. Mm-hmm. Like even though it's $25 for a box, when you calculate the price of your blender bomb smoothie, if you do like the highest tier blender bomb smoothie, it only is like $4 and 50 cents to $5 for Which you to make awesome. it right now. Like you're going to yeah. spend $10 at a smoothie bar. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's affordable, convenient, helps with your um, appetite, helps with the cravings, keeps you full for a long time. And it's a full meal replacement. It's not just like a little snack. And mm-hmm. it's something you want to do, you know, five days a week to feel your best. And it's three like to five days too. a week. Yeah, it's creative. <laughs> they come in little balls. Yeah, it's creative. And it, there's all these different flavors now. But it's just, it's it's such a cool idea. Because yeah, when you make a smoothie, I feel like people get overwhelmed. Like I told my parents, like, you should make a smoothie every morning, keeps you full because that was like the latest thing in like the health and fitness industry. And my mom was like, okay, but what do I make it? What do I put in it again? Can you remind me of the ingredients every single day? And I was like, you know what? Oh my God. <laughs> I can't help you. But this is yeah. so easy because they just like plop it in and add some like water or whatever and it's done. So I'm yeah. going to have to get them on these. But yeah, you do. Just genius. tell them, put a banana in it, a frozen mm-hmm. banana, a handful of spinach, a blender bomb, two tablespoons of the bomb butter, water, ice, and you're good. Good to go. Um, yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit more on this 80-20 rule? Because I somewhat understand it, but say like a week, 80-20, does that mean 20% is two meals or I'm just going ham or is that two days? Like what is what is 80-20 for you? So originally, that's kind of how it was, was like done by meals, but that just felt really restrictive. And so now mm-hmm. we kind of just have, it's 80% of what you eat, like not by meal, but like by ingredients, like 80% of the mm-hmm. ingredients that you eat throughout the week we suggest to try whole food plant-based. And that means beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, you know, spices of any kind, things like that. And yes, potatoes, as many potatoes as you want, because anything that is a whole food has tons of fiber in it. And fiber is actually what Mm -hmm. keeps you full. Um, It's not necessarily protein that keeps you full, it's fiber. And so when you are Mm -hmm. full of healthy things, you have less of a desire to eat you know, junk food or to, to binge eat is the real thing. Like, obviously everyone's going to eat junk food, but you just don't want to binge eat or overeat the junk food. Your body has to signal your brain that you're full, right. And signal your entire body that you don't want to binge eat. And the only way you can do that is by eating enough fiber. And so 80, 20 means 80% of the ingredients on your plate or whatever that you eat throughout the week, whole food, plant-based 20%, whatever. And so your whatever can be different for me. It's Mm -hmm. like cheese and dairy 
and um, like, you know, croissants <laughs> or like super refined <laughs> pasta, anything like that. I love. And some, for other people, it might be meat. For some people, they might not even have a 20. They might be like completely vegan. It's or mostly vegan. Yeah, you have to do whatever for you. And 80 20 is what works for me, but 70 30 might work for you. 90 10 might be better if you have, you know, some sort of like illness that you're trying to w- fix, but you just got to do what works for you. It's also more than just food, like it's a mindset. So I really like it because if I have a goal or if I set some goals at the beginning of the week, you are rarely ever going to finish 100% of those goals, right? And then you kind of like beat yourself up about it. So I apply 80-20 to every part of my life. So if I finish 80% of my goals for the week, like I'm good or even 70%, you know, then I'm close to 80. Like I'm good, you know, I never have to strive for perfection or, you know, I try to get a great night of sleep at least 80% of the week because I know on the weekends or maybe during the weeknight, I'm going to go out or I try to like be a a very good, solid like person at least 80% of the time. And I know that 20% of the time I'm going to be reactive or I'm going to be like frustrated. Like it's never going to be perfect. Right. But as long as, you know, 80% of my job I like doing, then that's great. But if I have to do this 20% that sucks, but needs to get done, that's a very good balance. That's huge. And I I like that it applies. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I like that it applies not just to food because it's, that's one part of it, but it is, it's like your whole lifestyle can be applied to that. Plus your lifestyle and like weight loss and health and all that applies to not just what you're eating, everything else too. Like your whether you're balanced, you're sleeping, you're enjoying yourself, you're enjoying your meals, you're not rushing, you're balancing work on all that stuff. So I think that's super important what you said. As far as the business goes, because you said you were a trainer before, I'm assuming you were doing some other type of business before that. How did you figure all that out? Like you went to fashion marketing, was it just asking for help? Like what do you owe the success to and how would you give advice to someone that's trying to do something similar? Yeah. So I worked at a retail clothing store my senior year of college, like a very high-end retail store. And I liked it, but like I wanted to create and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just sell other people's creations. And so, um, but I didn't, I didn't realize that at the time I look back and like, that's why I felt stuck there. But then I also tried to do the corporate thing because I'm always like, oh, I graduated college. You got to go corporate, right? Like you got to have a nine to five job and a 401k and all this stuff. And so I worked at a very corporate place for like three months and Mm. it was the worst three months of my life. I cried every day and I don't know why I didn't realize like, huh, I didn't, I was trapped. Mm. I did not realize, oh, you're crying every day. You need to leave. This isn't for you. I thought, oh, this is the rest of my life. You know, I truly had no other concept of what life could be. And then I ended up getting fired from that job because mm-hmm. I like I said a cuss word with the lady on the line. I thought I had her on mute and I didn't. Oh and so like everyone I, on Zoom. <laughs> I ended up getting fired from that job. Yeah. Right. And I was so sad, but then it was the best thing that ever happened because mm-hmm. it was the first time where I sat back and I was like, what am I doing in my spare time that I enjoy? And like, how can I make a career out of this? Mm-hmm. And I was interested in health and fitness. So that's when I pursued personal training. But it's funny because I never liked personal training. And so I did it because it was in that health and fitness realm. And like, it was a certification that was, I could easily achieve because I knew so much about it already. Mm-hmm. And so then I started teaching at this gym in Charleston called Hilo Fitness. And I was like, I was like with the team right when it started. And I got to see all the behind the scenes. And at first I wanted to be a high intensity trainer. 
Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, I absolutely hate exercising. I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. that. So then I wanted to, I started teaching like bar and I was like, oh no, no, this is too much effort, like way too much. <laughs> and then it was like, um, you know, more like a, a power flow class. And I liked mm-hmm. it a little bit more, but it was still too much. And then I started teaching the slow flow class and I was like, I like this still a little bit too much. <laughs> and then I started teaching deep stretch and meditation and I thrived. I was like, mm. this is what I need to be doing. <laughs> yes. Teaching people how to breathe. <laughs> I love that. And it's just you what sound resonated so with intuitive. Me. You sound so intuitive with like I you trying things, which is really awesome. But think about how unintuitive I was in college and right after college when I thought it was normal to hate your job and cry during lunch. Yeah. Like I thought that was normal. It's like when you got a little taste of it though, you were like, oh, there's another way to do this. Like I'm going to keep going with that and intuition with that. Dude, um, I started listening to my intuition. Yes. Mm -hmm. I started listening to my intuition. I started listening to my quote unquote gut more than anything. I just started doing what felt right and what made sense to me and what I assumed was common sense, but I guess it's not to a lot of people. Yeah. But I just started following my myself and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, people often are like, Helen, things magically just like come to you or like people come to you and situations just like happen for you. And it's really because I put myself in a situation for those types of things to come to me. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. And it's because I listen to my myself. I think you're into hum- human design. Is that right? I was looking on your Instagram earlier. Yes. What type of human design what are, are you? you? I'm a projector and I'm super. Once I realized that, literally my whole life changed. I'm a projector. It's you like also like you jump from thing to thing, but you know, like, no, this is, that's not it. This is it. I'm, I'm shifting. I think it's really cool. It sounds like you're really in your design completely based on that. What is your, um, what is it? Authority? Is it your gut? Do you have a gut um, my spleen. I'm splenic. Spleen. Yeah. Yeah. You're projector. fully in your design. Yes. And Scott, my fiance is a projector. I am truly fully in my design. It's crazy, but I bet you are too. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't before because I was like a dancer and all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, there's more. I can do less and that's fine. (laughs) I can be more efficient in doing less. And it's I'm better at doing less than I am doing too much. I figured out. So, yeah. Do you work from home? Yes. And it's amazing. I I have to make sure like the best thing for projectors and cozy. (laughs) I sleep a lot. Yeah. So the majority of the people on our team are projectors. And we have some generators too, but they hate working from home. Like they have to be around people, but all the projectors are like, I love working from home. No one can come over. Like, don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. And that's, awesome. that's what I think is like, that's when things start happening to projectors is when they are honestly like by themselves a little bit, like in their space, that's when they can, they can totally, you know, rewire their brain and their thinking and be like, holy shit, I've been doing this like a generator my whole yeah. life. How is your uh, boyfriend operate in his design? Would you say? Is he learning to? Is your boyfriend operate oh, in his design or is he learning to? Um, yeah. No, he couldn't care less. He thinks I'm like crazy. Yeah. That's how but my boyfriend he also is, too. is. He's also a projector. Really? <laughs> yes. So yeah. I'm totally like the creative brain. He is very logistical mm-hmm. and risk. He's a lawyer, which mm. I kind of feel like it's a great thing for the business, but for his personality, I feel like it kind of might have changed him a little bit because he yeah. is just completely risk averse now. Like there's no intuition. It's all logic for the most part. So that's okay. I know. But I know it you, is that. So. <laughs> it works for, for us and for the business. And like truly, if I had someone else like me that I was dating, I would kill them and we would probably have to like run into a ditch. 
There you go. He's like, oh, we shouldn't go on this highway because there's like traffic. And like yesterday we're at the dog park. He's like, that dog looks aggressive. Like we need to leave. And I would have been like, oh, la da that dog's mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that too, since you guys somewhat work with each other and now you're on, you're on the road, you're doing like a little tour. How is it? Yeah. How do you balance your relationship and doing business together? To be honest, we really like don't, I mean, we don't balance <laughs> yeah, it. It's like all business but I guess it's hard when I think about when I was in college and I thought about business I was like okay business is miserable people in business are unhappy and it's not fun but since Scott and I are both Mm -hmm. working towards the same goal and like we have so much fun whenever like we talk about business it I have so much fun with it I mean we're constantly Mm -hmm. meeting people and taking people out to dinner and Scott and I can both talk to a wall and like them never say a word and it'd be fine and so uh-huh. yeah, although we are doing business most of the time, it's not a bad thing to us. Like we love it. It's freaking smoothies. Like it's not corporate yeah. finance or law, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's smoothies. Like we're just talking about smoothies and snacks all the time. <laughs> so yeah, you, it lights you up. So it's like fun to talk about and it becomes part of your relationship. So that makes sense. Like whenever we're out to dinner, just the two of us, um, we don't mm-hmm. talk about work. But if we're like with a couple, another couple, like normally they bring up work. (laughs) I'm sure everyone wants to know the behind the scenes of what you're doing because it's like so successful. So yeah, that would make sense. I wish I could like create content about it. I just, I hate content creation. Mm, You're so good good at it. it. I think I would love a podcast. You would. Yeah. You're good at it. I am not good at it. I'm not good at like me content creation. I would be like, okay, so like, what do I do? I look at this camera and I'm... <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, I ups and flows with me too. Like some days, some days I'm like, yeah, I got the content. I understand. But then some days I'm like, what am I actually doing? What's the purpose of this? <laughs> like, what's the point? So yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like that. <laughs> That's why I like podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think podcasts are such a good I like it because... too because it's a long conversation and it's not just like little snippets of people's lives. Like, I feel like you get the real sense of a person and you can like really understand people through it. That's why I like it. And you're not, I mean, we are technically behind a screen, but like I'm looking at your face. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just like scrolling. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't feel yeah. overwhelming. I can't do too much social media too because it just like fucks my energy up. So then sometimes I just like need to put it away. So same. Yeah. Um, do you wear blue light glasses? I, I have like four pairs. I just <laughs> sometimes I'm like, is this doing anything? They changed my life. Really? Did you, do you have a pair that you really like? probably the same as you it was like seven dollars on amazon i literally like i have like three sitting here like (laughs) you do yeah no i have to use it if i go like 30 minutes of looking at my computer without the blue light glasses i'm in pain really okay you've inspired me to start maybe it's because i'm on accutane right now Mm. okay tell me about that (laughs) gotta do it how's accutane going yeah i'm on accutane and i've tried i've tried everything that i know possible for my acne and it works in Charleston. Like my skin is flawless in Charleston. Mm. And then last year when I went on this, a six week RV road trip, my skin blew up. Like it had never been that bad in years. And I don't know if it's like the recycled air in the RV or just the travel, but you know, we were going on this six month RV trip, six to eight month RV trip. And I was like, I just don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. Like I'm front facing clients all the time. I remember those six weeks last year where my skin blew up on the RV. I didn't even want to see people because I didn't feel like myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and I hated that feeling, but I also hated Accutane. Yeah. 
but I was just, you know, 80, 20, 80, 20, 80% of what I do is totally non-toxic and 20% is going to be a little bit toxic. At least with Accutane, but I did look into it. You get through it once and it's done. It's not like you have to take it for the rest of your life. Oh, they told me I probably would have to take it for like a month every year because my skin is very dramatic. Really? That's interesting. I mean, there goes to say with traveling, that's true because my skin will freak out depending on where it, it just likes to be in its own home and comfortable and used to the water. It's so, yeah, I can totally understand. It's a projector thing. It is. <laughs> it's totally. Generators have the best skin. It drives me nuts. Aren't you a generator? <laughs> no, no, I'm a projector. You're, oh, I thought you were saying you're a generator the whole time. Okay, got it. Got it. No, I'm, no. And, it, and some people think I'm a generator because I like do a lot, but I really just like work from my bed mm. or, and I manage everybody. There you go. So I'm not in there. I did work a lot for the first year, but I also, because I was a projector and I wasn't designed to work a lot, I was able to very quickly pass it off to other people mm. That's so that I could just manage everything being done. Yeah. So I don't actually have to do it. There you go. Yeah. You're like the overseer. You were the idea person and you're just like put it yeah. through the system. I love that. The little bird, the little bird in the tree. Yeah, you guys, you're. I'm obsessed with it too. I'm so obsessed. <laughs> so then, how is life? Like, what is your plan for on the road? Tell me about this life. You're like taking it to different fitness studios. What is the plan for Blender Mom on the road? Yeah. So for everyone listening, I got an RV in 2018. It's like a 34 foot RV, and we wrapped it in our brand, and it's really colorful. Um, and so the reason why we did it was because we used to do a ton of pop ups. And we would have to stay in an Airbnb. And I did the math and like paying for an Airbnb for three years, buying one of these, like this is way more cost efficient. Mm -hmm. And also like I can sell this when I'm done with it and make, you know, some money back on it. So we did this now, Scott, last year with COVID, like we didn't do any pop-ups. So we got a lot of pop-ups to make up for. (laughs) And so we're going from Nashville to, we did Nashville, Birmingham, Baton Rouge, we just finished Houston. We're in Houston for two weeks. Now we're going to Austin for three weeks, Dallas for three weeks. And then I got, I have to fly back to Charleston for a month, fly back out to Dallas. And then we're going to go up the coast of California, do Arizona, Colorado, um, and make our way back, you know, down South, I guess. Wow. And we're just, we only plan it like two months in advance at a time, but the goal is more wholesale accounts, meet our customers face to face, get coffee with them. And then also to, do pop-ups at like fitness studios or, you know, clothing stores that are, have like gift items, places that could possibly wholesale the blender box. Wow. That's incredible. And it's smart yeah. and it's, it's showing the brand, like beh- the face behind the brand and the story. It just makes it such for such a better product and for people to want to buy it. Cause they get to see who it is. It's making. I want you to come to yeah, Ohio. It does. It, I think that has a big effect. It does. I really want to come to Ohio too. Yeah. I th- I think I need to come to Ohio. I, I teach at a studio here now too. But yeah. So you can come if you if you make your way to yes. Ohio, let me know and then we'll we'll set you up. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. So anyone listening, if there are any wholesale accounts or like little fitness studios that want to sell blender bombs, shoot us an email and we'll set it Perfect. up. Perfect. Because we like, yes, we can go to the Walmarts and the Targets and and we are going to those places about them carrying the blender bombs, but I personally so much more prefer the small hold, the small retail accounts mm-hmm. because I get to know the owners. I get to know their mission and they get to explain the blender bombs to their customers and their clients. You know, it's just way more of a relationship and community than just a transaction. Absolutely. Where do you see blender bombs going from here? You've already done so much, but like, what's your goals for it in the coming years? It's kind of tricky. So originally my goal was like Walmart's 
because I want the blender bombs to be available to everyone, especially areas of the world that need healthy products like blender bombs. But then I'm like, now that I, I understand the financial side, like some, if you do national launches with big retailers, it can crush you. And right now, you know, I have full equity of blender bombs. And if we, we did, we did all of this without an investor. It was a $300 investment and we've gotten it to where it is today without any investors. Like I saved every penny from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But once you glo- go grow really, really fast and grow, glo- go, glo- grow global, <laughs> it can crush you. Yeah. And then you do have to get investors. So now we're kind of teetering between do we grow slow and steady? And like Costco is an amazing retailer mm-hmm. to work with. That's like the dream retailer. We just launched in nine different Costco's and I don't know. Maybe we just want to keep growing with Costco and only Costco and Whole Foods because we're already in Whole Foods. Or maybe we do go Walmart and just get an investor and go big. We don't know. Yeah, kind of see how to be determined. Um, this is what I'm really excited about. So we have Blender Bombs. We're going growing Blender Bombs, and then I started you know 80 20 market this year because Blender Bombs just help one meal of the day, right? But then. 8020 has the cookies and the brownies and like the snacks and the desserts mm-hmm. and the sweet tooth stuff. And it also has like the books that lead to this 8020 mindset and like this more relaxed, happy mindset and the sage and the incense and, you know, other brands that, you know, the founders are like good people and they're doing good things for the world. So that's what 8020 market is. And then we have the smoothie bars in Charleston, which we're working on franchising those. But the goal where I actually see myself is in three-ish years, I want to film a documentary for Netflix where I gain 30 pounds by eating the standard American mm-hmm. diet and then I lose it by eating 80-20 with, and the blender bombs. Wow. And I want to show people that it can be done in an affordable and sustainable way and that it doesn't have to be this sort of fad diet, but it can really be a lifestyle. Yes. It's like, so that's, that's my plan. I mean, sign, I'll sign the line or want a petition for that plan. That's incredible. Um, that's like a super size me yeah. when he I'm so eats excited. McDonald's. I mean, go for it. What is it? What, what are you going to yep. eat to get 30 pounds heavier? But I'm just going to eat like, honestly, the way that standard American diet is. I mean, I'll eat high protein, which is what everyone thinks is super healthy. High protein and then butter, carbs. Like I'm just... I'm supersize me. Not, I'm not going to eat McDonald's all the time because that's not what the average American yeah. does, right? It's, I'm going to have to figure out what Americans eat because I you don't know. know. <laughs> so far gone. So, yeah, I don't, I honestly have no clue. Like, maybe I'll do a mixture of McDonald's and Wendy's and the grocery store and cooking for myself, but also barbecue and all these wow, places. This could be fun. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> it's going to be funny. <laughs> Yeah, I'm stoked. Do you have advice for people that are like have an idea or a business that they're thinking of, but they're like too afraid to start? Because it sounds like you just kind of like had an idea and ran. Do you have advice for someone that might be like feeling like they have the idea, but don't know what to do now as far as like what they should do first? So that SCORE mentorship program is great. But also I think constantly taking in, you know, podcasting and books, like taking in information like this will trigger some things in you. Like maybe one person says the right thing to you and that is what you needed to hear to go out and do it. And you'll know when you get that. So let's say I said something today that triggered something and you're like, wait, this is, I feel something with this. Like, then go and listen to every other podcast that I've ever recorded. Or say, you know, a certain lifestyle triggered you. 
to say plant-based, that word triggered you. So then go and read plant-based books, like follow what's triggering you because then, then it will naturally come to you. But also the biggest thing is there's this, let me read it. Let me pull it up. Actually. I posted it on 8020 market, but it's a sentiment and it really resonated with me. Oh yeah. You can read it. Yeah. Will you read it? Means to an end. If your art is a way to get rich, to become a brand, sell clothing and Trotsky's, that paradigm does exist, but it's very different from creating art. Creating art takes all your time. You've got to experience, you've got to distill, you've got to polish. It's a full-time job. Today, money is paramount, most respected, but never confuse that with art. In a world where everybody can't get rich, in a world where no one is as big as they think they are, in a world where the public is searching for soul fulfillment, art is king. I love that. I love that so much. It basically is like, are you trying to start a business to make money? Or are you trying to start a business because like this is fulfilling you? Mm. So I went through this journey with this podcast, actually, because when I first started it, this is like the third actual iteration of it. I was working with this first girl and she was very out of alignment for me. And she was like all about money, but didn't really have any purpose behind it. And we had to cut ties. And that was a great decision. The second girl, she just like her heart wasn't in it. And she didn't enjoy it. And it wasn't like what it was for me. So she was like hard for me to get to show up to things, stuff like that. We've got ties. We're still friends. But um, now Good. now it's just me. And I think this whole time I was like supposed to do this on my own, but I just didn't because I was scared or whatever. Yeah. And I just knew it was something I wanted to do. So now I'm just in it because it fulfills me and I get to talk to people like you and I get inspired by people like you. And that's why I'm doing it. It's not because of this, like I must need it to make money, like great if it does, but that's where I'm at with that. So I think that definitely resonates with me and it makes, hopefully that will resonate with someone else. But yeah. I love that. It is so true. But then again, there are some people who want to be in business just to make money and there's a way to do both. I'm (laughs) I'm not that good at it. I hate money. I think that's one of the reasons why this business has been successful because like I I just like, I need enough to live off of, but like, I don't want to go crazy. There you go. Um, I think last few questions I have, because a lot of it, people, yeah. I feel like a lot of people that don't focus on health or who it just like feels like a far-fetched idea to them, they might just ignore it or just it's could be scary. Um, do you have like a recommendation of like how to be body intuitive? Because it sounds like you really are just like what first steps if you're like wanting to start a health journey, like where should we start first? Because there's so much information out there, but it can feel overwhelming. It is so crazy. It's common sense. I mean, really health is common sense. And so every, like I said earlier in the podcast, every single diet out there at its core, it says to eat mostly vegetables, most and fruits, mostly plants. And so that right there is a no brainer. You got to eat mostly plants. What you do with the rest of the stuff is up to you and it really won't make a difference. You know, you know, if dairy makes you feel like shit, then don't eat the dairy. If meat makes you constipated, eat less meat. If you feel really good when you eat fish, eat the fish. But if you think you're eating too much fish, you might be eating too much fish. Maybe cut it back. Everything is so, it's common sense. And so if you have a desire to work out, then you need to work out. But like, if you absolutely hate working out in the morning, then either maybe you don't need to work out that much. Just focus on walking and like body weight stuff or, you know, try out different workouts. And if you still can't find one that you don't love then just stick with the walking and like body weight resistance training. But you also need to realize that the most important thing, the most coveted thing in the whole world is time. You know, you can't buy time. You can buy looks, you can buy food, you can buy... <laughs> Friends. Like you can honestly buy anything, but you cannot 
buy any more time. And so that is why it's so worth the investment, you know, to fuel your body and to take care of yourself so that not only just that you you live longer, but like you live healthier longer. You can walk up and down stairs for more years than someone who may not have taken, you know, as well good care of themselves. So that to me is like the driving factor. It's not, it used to be from a place of vanity. Like I want to look the best and be ripped because I, I could get abs easily back then from being an athlete growing up. But now it's really my whole mindset since living 80, 20 and just reading more like books, my whole mindset has gone to, I just want to feel my best. And when I feel my best and like, I take care of myself, then it's way easier to like love yourself. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my advice is not be restrictive, you know, do the 80, 20 things, see if it works and eat mostly plants because you can't, and not, not a doctor out there. I'll tell you that's, that's wrong. True. All about the plants. Um, last few questions yeah. I have for you. What does it feel like to be in your purpose in work, in life, anything like that? It feels really, really, really fucking good. It feels like I used to cry about it all the time. When I first started Blender Moms, I would just cry out of joy because I'd come from such a low place of crying every day during lunch because I thought it was my forever. And then when I realized like, oh my God, this, I actually have a purpose. Like people are sending me testimonials left and right. I mean, we get hundreds of testimonials a month how the Blender Moms are helping people. And then, you know, I go look at authors, Instagram accounts and the testimonials that they get just on their comments. Like it feels really good having that validation. So also to anyone out there, if something has ever helped you, or if you're, you're prompted to leave a review for something that helped you, like always leave the review, always let someone know that you have helped them or that this podcast that you're doing is, has been a highlight of your day or like why it's helped you because we need that type of communication with each other. And that as creators, like that's kind of what fuels mm-hmm. us is knowing that we're helping other people because Lord knows we ain't doing yeah. it for ourselves. <laughs> like, I would have stopped a long time ago. If this is if I was doing it for True. me. I am not doing this for me. Like I'm doing it to help other people. And so it just feels fulfilling. I don't want to ever do anything else. I love that. Last question I have then is this podcast is called Something to Share. So is there any last things that you want to share? Anything that's on your heart right now? Anything that you think my audience could hear? Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah. Okay. Well, the one that I always go back to, and I love this one, but it's like tattooed on my heart basically, is that life is just a game. You know, and you heard about this on this kind of confidential podcast, but I live by it. You know, you win some, you lose some, you're never going to be perfect and you're going to lose friends. You're going to make friends. You're going to, you know, gain weight. You're going to lose weight. BB, stop me Alan. <laughs> you're always going to be changing. And, um, just understanding that life is like a game. Oh, I heard this the other day. This was cool. It's like the moment when you realize like, it's not your parents watching you grow, but you're also watching your parents mm-hmm. grow. And so that also sort of like the growth cycle of life is really cool. And to just pay attention to it because life will pass you by quickly. very true. We can't buy time. Like you said. No, uh, that's why I have spent so much time decluttering and honestly minimizing my life and minimizing the things that I own and the emails that go into my inbox and the people that I hang out with. Because when you have less, like time goes by slower. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things that could suck our energy that don't deserve to do that. Even living in this RV, like we, our house isn't that big in Charleston. It's like less than 2000 square feet. And it takes so much freaking time to take care yeah. of it. But living in this RV where it's tiny, I'm just so much happier because I don't have as much to do around mm-hmm. the house. 
So now, you know, all my dreams of ever having a big house on the water, I'm like, wait, I don't want that. <laughs> I want like a tiny yeah, house on the water. Yeah, some like land <laughs> view. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Incredible. Amazing, Helen. Well, thank you for being here. Can you just tell everyone where they can find you, where they can buy blender bombs, all of that good stuff? Yeah. And we can do a code. We can yeah. do share 15 and that's 15% off blenderbombs.com. And you can find recipes, everything at blenderbombs on Instagram. And then um, my personal is at Helen Hall. Amazing. Thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. And feel free to reach out anytime. Will do. And I will have to check out your schedule for when you are going around the U.S. That's so fun. In Ohio. And yeah, come to Ohio and we can hang out. <laughs> Perfect. I'm so glad you're doing this podcast yeah, by yourself it's now. Me. And I, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. The more that I can just like talk to people that like light me up like this, the more it makes sense. So thank you so oh, totally. much and have a great day. Thank Bye, you. <laughs> That is it for me, guys. Thanks for listening. We have new episodes every single Wednesday, so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss out. Feel free to give us those five stars so we can keep this podcast growing. And you can always reach out on Instagram at something to share pod or my Instagram at Sydney Let's Have a good one, guys. Bye.